Hello, and welcome to the Halloween special of Schlock Tactics, the podcast where we believe badder is better and aim to review the Haddonfield hack jobs so that you don't have to. My name is Ash, and I'm joined once again by Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Hello. For new listeners, if you're not aware of the show, what we do here is we take two bad films of a similar theme or genre, and we review them, compare them to each other, and basically decide which is the better bad movie. And this week, in honour of obviously Halloween, we uh, threw it over to you guys, the listeners, and we put out uh, polls on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we asked you what you think are the two worst Halloween films out there of the whole franchise. And you spoke, we listened, so we're going to review Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers, aka Halloween 6, and also Halloween Resurrection as being the two worst, official worst films of the entire Halloween franchise. Now Mark, I, I believe, am I right in thinking you only seen the original Halloween and then these two films that we're going to talk about? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Any, uh quite a limited experience of the <laughs> Halloween franchise what what are your overall uh, thoughts of, of Halloween before and after you watch these films as a franchise well yeah before would uh, I'm only basing it on the original and it's obviously uh, pretty good yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty great yeah yeah <laughs> classic uh, slasher yeah Probably one of the best most iconic horror films ever made um, and then I've taken you right down to the bottom after uh, <laughs> after being uh, Shown a couple of the sequels, the series really took a, an interesting turn. So for listeners out there who may not be familiar with the full Halloween franchise, the timeline is one of the more confusing of any movie franchise. It's up there with like Legend of Zelda, Metal Gear Solid games, the various, you know, Friday the 13th also has a pretty convoluted uh, plot as well. So yeah, it's been rebooted, remade sequeled, prequeled, all sorts of things. So, uh, yeah, I've taken Mark here from the pretty much the greatest horror film ever made all the way through to uh, to these two films, which which are not not those things. So, Ah, oh, excuse me, sorry about that, listeners. I just had some cat trouble. Um, but back to Halloween. The Curse of Michael Myers picks up after Halloween 5, which is the revenge of Michael Myers. Uh, so they actually left the franchise alone for, for six y- whole years, which for the makers of Halloween is an eternity, and they couldn't wait to, to get it going again. We uh, we do get this uh, pretty crazy prologue just to start with. There's a woman screaming. She's getting rushed into the hospital. Uh, she gives birth in some sort of dungeon, by the looks of it. <laughs> and um, it's at this point that I consulted IMDb, which told me this woman was Jamie Lloyd, character portrayed in, in parts four and five by the little girl, uh, Danielle Harris, a uh, young actor. Now, interestingly, if you read up on this one, Danielle Harris really wanted to be in this film, but she was 17 years old and her parents wouldn't let her, so she paid to be legally emancipated from her parents <laughs> so that she could be in this film, and then the makers of this film offered her less than what she paid to be emancipated painted <laughs> as a fee so she turned it down oh my god yeah so <laughs> poor old danielle harris i think she's i think she's got off lightly here really um but she would end up coming back to the franchise in, in the rob zombie movies as a completely different character paid to be emancipated from her parents for nothing basically because she wasn't <laughs> in this film the jamie lloyd was played by some randomer so she gives birth to a baby uh when there's all these sort of weird people in and cloaks we're getting into cult territory straight away they daub a sort of rune in blood on the baby's 
body. Um, it was hard to tell what time frame it was, so I initially thought this was meant to be the birth of Michael Myers, but then I realised that was not the case when Michael Myers appeared um, and, and started chasing the Jamie Lloyd character, which people may remember is his niece. So that's the daughter of Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode. Mm from the older films so I think this is probably the worst mask of any of the Michael Myers masks as soon as I saw it I laughed it looks really crap um, <laughs> doesn't really look like the original mask or anything and I also thought this was the worst version of the theme tune as well which had sort of been jazzed up a bit and had some sort of electric guitars on yeah. it and just sounded a bit crap it goes on a little bit of a rampage here straight away you're seeing more gore in this film than really a I think had ever been seen in a Halloween film. A nurse gets her head impaled onto a spike and another guy just gets his head like twisted off. Yeah. And you see like the insides crack open. You think, fucking hell, this is five minutes in and it's already <laughs> gorier than any any Halloween film. This is like a twenty minute prologue. <laughs> this went on forever. I recapped it very quickly, but I was quite surprised then to see it. That there was the title screen then, and it said Halloween Haddonfield. This yeah. was a twenty-minute prologue. It was really <laughs> didn't go anywhere, and um, this film you know, suffered from a lot of production issues and rewrites and reshoots, which which will become more uh, apparent as we go on. But we learn that um, Halloween has been banned in Haddonfield since nineteen eighty-nine, which is of course when when Halloween Five is is set. And in that time, Michael Myers is, is sort of developed a bit of a cult following amongst the next generation of the Haddonfield teenagers. There's a a radio show where people are calling in saying how much they love Michael Myers. He's this sort of Jeffrey Dahmer, sort of um, shouldn't but would kind of um, (laughs) (laughs) um, inappropriate crush. There are women saying they love him and they'd love to have sex with him, and that's pretty weird straight away. Uh, We're introduced here to very young Paul Rudd. Uh, in his in his very first film role, many people probably know him. He one one of the bigger actors on uh, on in Hollywood at the moment. Obviously, been in the Ant Man films recently, making a lot of money, big star. But this is him as a very young looking, meant to be teenager, maybe very young man. Um, but straight away, he's established as a pervy uh, kind of nerdy character, and he's looking across the street with a telescope, watching a woman get undressed. <laughs> so uh, dashing as he may be, we we uh, get the idea that he's a bit of a weirdo here. Yeah, the, the the radio call-in show is quite funny. They're, they're saying stuff like, "Oh, what's next? Michael Myers in space," yeah. which would which would predate Leprechaun in space <laughs> and Hellraiser in space and Jason in space. So, fair play. This radio show knew knew where we were going here. <laughs> of course, we uh, we get Donald Pleasance as Doctor Loomis one last time. There's an unfortunate line where the the radio guy says, "Isn't that guy dead?" He says, no, I'm not dead, I'm just retired. <laughs> and unfortunately, Donald Pleasance would wow. die during the filming of this. So yeah, it's so very unfortunate. Actually died just after filming, but before before the film came out. And you could he wasn't well, and this film is a bit sad. He sort of coaxed back to the, um, to the mental hospital where he worked all those years ago. They want him back, you know, the Michael Myers is on the loose again. He's, he's the only guy who really knows him. Now, Jamie Lloyd, uh, his niece, she, she does actually get killed off pretty early here. She gets stalked into a barn, kind of like Jason Voorhees' territory, <laughs> and she gets impaled on some sort of pitchfork. It can, it can also be turned on and yeah. sort of drill into your guts and stuff. He's, yeah, he impaled her, and I was like, oh, that's, uh, that's her gone. And then he just you see him switch something on, and then it just gets even worse. Like, <clears throat> yeah. 
kind of this this film in a nutshell really just over, over the top what, what they what they could have done they're just not happy with and they just go even further so this is her sort of threshed on some farming equipment it looks like but then we get really quickly about five or six characters thrown at you it's, it's hard to tell who any of these people are um other than they are the strode family and they are living in the old myers house which is a, a theme that will come up in both films in all films really but the old myers house is now being occupied by the strode family who are somehow related to laurie strode so again, everyone in Haddonfield is somehow related to Michael Myers, mm. albeit distantly. The, the, all these characters are, are actually introduced in in super like over the top melodramatic fashion. That they're all shouting at each other over the breakfast table. The dad is like, "Why did you? Why did you come here with that little bastard?" Referring to his son, he slaps her in the face. He's like really abusive. They, yeah. yeah, he's like really an asshole straight off yeah. the bat, and we don't really know why. And her mum gives him money, and he's like, "What are you giving him money for? What was wrong with your college education? Can't you make your own money?" And he's just like, "Oh, these people all fucking hate each other." And then the little boy pulls a knife out. Yeah, the little boy. I think he's called Danny. He pulls Danny. a knife and breaks up this fight, which is a little, a little echo of a young Michael Myers, obviously picking up a kitchen knife and going mad. So you're like, "Oh my god, he's got the Myers gene in him. He could be the next generation," which is a common theme of of all the Halloween sequels. It's like. Uh, you know who will be the next Michael Myers which relative you know it was Jamie previously but she's now been impaled so it's not going to be here anymore mm. so what about this young Danny kid it's at this point that it's revealed that Paul Rudd is actually playing the character of Tommy Doyle um, which in a remarkable continuity is actually a character that was in the very first Halloween is the little boy that Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting mm. who keeps saying it's the boogeyman it's the boogeyman it's that same kid but grown up into Paul Rudd and still actually lives in the same house across the street from the Strode house, which is yeah. amazing continuity. Like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Tommy Doyle um, making a comeback here from the first film. Um, he's, he's wandering around a sort of uh, hospital and he finds Jamie's baby just in a cupboard. He's like, hang on, what's that? And just opens a little cupboard in a wall and the baby's been in there like all night, apparently. <laughs> he, he goes just to the front desk of the hospital and starts going mad. Starts screaming at the woman behind the desk, like, I've got a baby here! I need to see a doctor! And she's like, oh, you need to calm down. No! So she's like, I'm going to get security. So he's like, he's going to get thrown out of the hospital for being, like, mental. And then just happens to bump into Dr. Loomis. And he's like, do you remember me? I'm Tommy Doyle. Oh, yes, I remember you, yeah. Do you? I don't think anyone else does. Um, but apparently Dr. Loomis remembers this little kid from, like, 15 years ago. He's like, yes, I remember you. And uh, Tommy tells Dr. Loomis that, well, this baby is like the last of the bloodline. This is Jamie's um, baby. You know, what what do I do with it? (laughs) He's like, well, they're going to be after it. They are going to come after it. And he's like, okay. And films four, five and six are known as the Thorn Trilogy because of this weird druid Celtic cult that have been created. So that's a little bit more a little bit more reference to this. I hadn't seen four and five, so I didn't know anything about the whole cult background. Do they go into it much in those films? Well, I actually read that the writer of this film, um, he wanted to continue the the cult of Thorn and the runic symbol that was introduced right at the end of, of Halloween 5, hmm. along with like, the man in black, the weird man in the trench coat and fedora that would talk funny. 
so he called up the writers of four and five and said, "Oh, what was that all about? What were you going to do there?" And they couldn't. They had nothing. They couldn't tell him. Yeah. They couldn't <laughs> explain what the idea was there or what they were planning to do. So he basically just had to come up with something. So yeah, it's something that's introduced with absolutely no explanation in parts four and five. So this this writer had to come up with something in order to take it further. And considering that was the case, I think he did an all right job. Yeah. Um, he came up with some weird backstory of how Michael Myers has been cursed by an ancient druid cult, and that's why he kills people, and that's why he comes back on Sam Hain. Tommy says, you know, the Strode family are living in that house again, and Dr. Loomis is concerned, so he's going to get involved with that. We go back to the uh, the Strode house, and the mum is there, uh, sort of fumbling about in the garden. We get the cliche of anytime you see someone in a horror film with glasses you know exactly what's going to happen she trips over the glasses come off they're cracked and she puts them back on and and there's michael myers yeah basically axing her to the head and all the blood goes over the sheets i thought that was quite cool yeah uh, they actually held back on this death which i liked <laughs> it was it was slightly more suggestive rather than someone's head being cracked open which happens a few times in this film <laughs> And it turns out that Tommy Doyle, he, he's the expert on all of these Celtic runes and druids things. You know, come up to my room, I'll show you some Celtic runes, that, that old line, you know. <laughs> uh, what are you up to, you know, Tommy? So, Kara. Um, uh, Kara uh, is the, the main Strode family member who's um, protagonist here. So he invites her up to his room, shows her some cool runes on his computer. It's like RuneScape <laughs> on his computer. It's like super old looking PC. Yeah. And this is where you get all the back the backstory and the exposition about the thorn curse, and it's all about constellations in the sky. On Halloween, if you look in the night sky, you can see the constellation that forms the shape of the rune, and lots of nonsense. But um, basically, they just say that Michael is after the baby to use it as a sacrifice, don't they? It's just, I guess, it's adding another element that wasn't there before. And a lot of Halloween films do fall down when they try and over-explain Michael Myers and what he is and where he comes from. And there have been a few attempts to do that, which haven't gone very well. But I kind of like this idea of there being some sort of ancient ancient druid cult. The uh, the mean sort of dad comes home. Obviously, his wife's been killed, so that so his dinner's not on the table, which is un- unacceptable because <laughs> he's a horrible like misogynist. I don't, I don't care if she's dead. Where's my dinner? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he goes down to the basement, and like the dryer is on, and he creeps closer towards it. And you're like, oh, what's going to be in the dryer? What's going to be in the dryer? And he just kind of turns it off and he pulls out some like bloody sheets. Yeah. And that's it. It's a bit disappointing. Anticlimax. But then it's it's immediately um, overcompensated when he is um, electrocuted by Michael Myers yeah. until his head explodes. <laughs> you've, all, you've all seen that in uh, science films before. If you are electrocuted for long enough, your head will explode like a melon. That was a bit extreme. Yeah, it was like it's like the scanner's head explosion. It was pretty graphic, and <laughs> I quite like that. Got to have something in this film. If there's a good, if there's a high point to this film, it probably is the gore, which isn't <laughs> yeah. which isn't usually a feature of Halloween films. But I'll, yeah, I'll it's probably I'll take it. Gorier than I was expecting. There yeah, was some quite extreme death. But apparently, the, the elusive producer's cut of this film has less gore, and apparently makes more sense. Okay. It's a weird trade-off. I'm not sure what I'd rather. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, I'd like to have a film make sense and have gore, but strange to have to pick between the two. But the version we watched is the theatrical cut, which has a shit ton of gore in it, which just sounds weird even saying that. Mm. Usually, if things are cut, it is the gore. So yeah. the actual um, the executives here wanted lots of gratuitous violence <laughs> and nothing else that made sense. So there you go. There's more sort of allusions to Danny being the new Michael Myers, 
it's at this point in Halloween films that bodies start like falling out of um, cupboards and stuff like that it happens in every Halloween film. Yeah. Someone comes home and they're like, oh, no, there's nobody in. I'm sure it's fine. And oh, fuck. And then people start falling out of attics and <laughs> oh, there's someone in the cupboard. Oh, there's someone in the bed. You know, it, it happens in every in every film. Dr. Loomis has, has tracked them down to the Strode house. I think at this point it's Tommy, Doyle, Dr. Loomis and Kara, the main Strode family member, they're all gathering in. They've all met up at the house, and um, they realise that the mysterious trench coat guy with like the the weird like voice changer, like common joiners guy, yeah. is sitting in there. And they're like, "Oh, who's this guy?" And it's revealed to be the guy from the hospital that was talking to Doctor Loomis earlier in the film, yeah. who wasn't really given enough time for that to be <laughs> interesting or shocking at all. Yeah, but basically, he's he's a local forgotten like kind of what he'd even done earlier yeah. in the film like, why, why should I was, be surprised yeah, it, it was so brief his <laughs> appearance earlier on it, it, it's him and I think the old deaf woman is also in the house Yeah. so there's this brief suggestion that like everyone in the town is in on it like hot fuzz Mm. Um, I was reminded of a few times where everyone in the town, like doctors are even in on it and little old ladies they're all yeah. part of this cult that are trying to get the baby which is a, a good idea that wasn't really capitalised on this this is where the editing just goes completely fucking mental and um so we go from this all being revealed uh, Kara throws herself out of the window immediately <laughs> then it cuts to black and then it fades up again and Tommy and Dr Loomis are just standing in the garden for some reason we don't know where the cult members have gone and it cuts from them standing in the garden straight to the mental hospital where Kara is in a cell. Then we cut to Dr. Loomis entering the mental hospital and confronting the hospital guy at his desk. We're missing about six or seven scenes here. Is this the we, brutal edit? Is this, this the... is really brutal edit because because we're, I think they may have cut out about 15 minutes or something here because yeah. we go from it all being revealed in the house and everyone being in this house to everyone suddenly being in the hospital and we don't it doesn't show how anybody gets there no. or why anybody knew how to go there <laughs> or properly going 100 miles an hour here just trying to get to the end of this thing which I, I didn't even really mind <laughs> um there's just chaos in the mental hospital i i think this may maybe was the peak of the film for me it just got really cool and like action movie for a bit there was like strobing yeah. there were red lights Michael Myers was walking really quickly through the corridors down like hospital doors a bit like Halloween 2 they happen across some sort of druid laboratory from what I could see they, they go in this secret room and there's like loads of fetuses on shelves yeah. and there's like syringes but how they have runes on them mm. so it's like some weird mixture of ancient druid like mysticism but also science and medicine the final showdown here obviously is tommy doyle and michael myers it's not the most believable thing tommy doyle ends up injecting michael myers with about six of these syringes they don't appear to have any effect i don't know what what's in them it just carries on as normal uh he ends up battering michael myers with a massive like pole they don't even really linger on that they jump cut again to tommy uh cara and danny outside in the car yeah. So we don't know how they've got. We don't know what happened. Really, there was no conclusion. They're in the car and they're like, "We're going to go now to Doctor Loomis. Are you not going to come with us?" And Doctor Loomis says, "No, I've got some unfinished business." <laughs> and then it cuts just a Michael Myers mask on the floor. Yeah. And then it cuts to a jack o' lantern, and then it goes black and just says, "In memory of Donald Pleasance." <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And we don't. Do, what do what was what the happened? unfinished business? What happened to him? I don't know. I've got no idea. <laughs> 
so obviously we watched the theatrical cut which made very little sense at all and and the ending was obviously rushed and edited massively and this this was apparently because they'd shown um the original cut to a test audience who didn't like it uh so then they did loads and loads of reshoots without donald pleasance all of them because he'd unfortunately died in that time uh, the writer did say that the original cut was more uh, creepy and gothic. Uh, it also featured a subplot where it was revealed that the baby was actually the product of Jamie and Michael. That's that's uncle and niece. Yeah. Um, so the baby was actually a product of incest. And uh, in this, uh, the producer's cut, Loomis does actually go back into the sanitarium, uh, finds Michael lying on the floor, uh, but then removes the mask, and it's the hospital guy again oh. <laughs> <laughs> who grabs his hand and says it's your game now Dr. Loomis and then the the thorn symbol appears on Loomis's wrist um, which now means that Dr. Loomis is the leader of the cult and he screams in terror so it's not much better no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a resolution doesn't make that much sense not really yeah <laughs> and it also suggested that the film the franchise would continue with, with uh, Donald Pleasance being the villain which obviously wasn't going to happen so no. per- perhaps that was a factor as well and I think Jamie was killed much later in the producer's cut as well for some reason so killed much later and also revealed to be uh, inbreeding with a yeah. serial killer uncle um <laughs> Maybe it's for the best they cut some of that out, I don't know. <laughs> but there we are, that's the theatrical cut of Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. What were your overall thoughts on this one, Mark? Pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the guy whose head explodes there. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. I mean, there's no... I didn't feel tense watching no, this film. No, it was scary. There were the, the parts that ended up that were meant to be tense, I was like, oh, that was meant to be a tense part because I just heard some music like crescendo yeah and I was like oh I didn't even realise I was meant to be like it's a musical cue on the air on yeah. the edge of my seat I kind of like the idea of um, some kind of cult thing going on I, I suppose at this point they had to bring in some kind of new element to the series yeah. after uh, after five uh, films yeah. before this. why does he keep coming back how does he keep coming yeah. back yeah, you have to explain something at some point yeah. <laughs> but yeah it wasn't it wasn't great. That's some good violence, but because of the what you could tell was edited, mm. some bits just didn't make sense. It's like, <laughs> why are they all here suddenly? Or why yeah. are they all there now? I mean, in a perfect world, people would just appear randomly at locations and we could get on with it, but yeah. but there needs to be logic and, and, and time passing, traditionally, in mm. films, doesn't there? So... Or did you uh, think? <clears throat> yeah, I think, like you say, there's probably a uh, it's probably a good horror film in here somewhere trying to get out. Probably just about the Thorn cult and the Druids and stuff, which didn't need to have anything to do with Michael Myers. Yeah, I think if you could somehow extract that and make that into a film on its own with no Michael Myers at all, yeah, and, and better editing, you probably <laughs> would have quite a cool little like Wicker Man and like Hot Fuzz. I know Hot Fuzz not a horror, but you know that. The cool thing about Hot Fuzz was that everybody in the town was in on it, and that yeah. was felt like a cliche, and it is. But but it, I do like it when that happens. So yeah, I think as a Halloween film, it's an utter failure um, <laughs> because it didn't didn't scare me, and it made no. absolutely no sense at all. Yeah, felt like the most and un- almost the most unnecessary film in the franchise, certainly one of. Uh, and I think the the cult stuff was really cool and some good ideas and. If the writer is to be believed, then his original script did make a lot more sense and, and would have tied those things together in a, in a more coherent way, but uh, we'll never know. And I think even the producer's cut extensively rewritten, so perhaps the whatever this guy had in his head with this this 
Thorn cult and the Michael Myers thing probably was never filmed, never yeah. realised, and we probably will never see that. But yeah. it's it's a good idea in there, stuck in a, in a really shit horror film, uh, and a, a pretty embarrassing entry into the, the Halloween franchise. So, okay, so Halloween Resurrection uh, from two thousand and two. This is the follow up to Halloween H two O, which came out in nineteen ninety eight. It's almost a direct sequel to that, which is a sequel in in many ways to Halloween one and two. Whereas four, five, and six form their own little trilogy apart from those films. So if you're still if you're still following us with the timeline, basically the film we just reviewed ended the Thorn timeline. This film is going to end what I would call the Jamie Lee Curtis timeline. Uh, it was directed by Rick Rosenthal, who was actually returning from having directed Halloween Two. Really opens with um, straight away the theme, which I think we both enjoyed. Yeah. Um, sounds much better in this film. Yeah. It's more like the classic theme that you that we all remember. We see that Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, is now in an asylum after the events of H2O, and we get an immediate recap and also retcon and also decap, <laughs> decapitation. <laughs> so at the end of H2O, basically, it was one of the many, let's finish Halloween now, let's kill Michael Myers and let's be done with this. And that's what Jamie Lee Curtis allegedly wanted to do. Mm. So at the end of Halloween H2O, she chops his head off. No coming back from that, right? <laughs> wrong <laughs> we get a retcon at the beginning of halloween resurrection that shows that actually it wasn't michael myers at all it was a paramedic <laughs> that had been dressed up as michael myers and previously had his larynx crushed so he couldn't um explain that he was not michael myers not sure why he couldn't have just taken off the mask <laughs> so actually she uh, beheaded an innocent ambulance man um, hence why she's been put in a mental asylum for I guess the last four years so this is this is some ridiculous um, liberties being taken <laughs> with the with the franchise here I actually read that Jamie Lee Curtis put in her contract for Halloween H2O that she would only do it if they did not um, set up the sequ- any kind of sequel in Halloween H2O mm. and then when they were filming it they said I think we are going to do a sequel actually and she's like well that's fine but wait until the film's been like released until you announce that yeah but then she still came back for this one apparently she was contractually obligated to come in for a 30 second cameo in this film but she decided to do a bit more so we get Jamie Lee Curtis in the entire prologue here we straight away get the severed head in a dryer that uh, that, that I was missing in, in A Curse of Michael Myers. <laughs> I was expecting. We, we get it here at the beginning of Resurrection, so I thought that was interesting. Of course, Michael Myers breaks into this asylum once more to, to track down Laurie after she beheaded him, but not really, in the in the last film. Really good mask here, I thought. The mask looked yeah, much better. definitely looked better. Uh, the theme... That I say is spot on. Pretty much, they haven't changed it at all from from the Carpenter version. Still, the hair still a little bit mad on the mask. I don't know. That varies from film to film. Sometimes he's got this like crazy like mane coming out the top of his of his mask, which yeah. it doesn't really make sense. If he's got the same mask, why does why does the hair look bushier <laughs> in some films and not in others? He tracks it down in the asylum. They have a sort of showdown on top of the roof, and there's a struggle where he ends up getting sort of tied up by his his. Um, ankle and she's about to kill him but then she second guesses herself and there's no I have to be sure so she has to try and take his mask off to make sure he's not an innocent man yeah I mean he's trying to kill her so he can't be that innocent but yeah she foolishly tries to take his mask off and that's when he's able to to grab her and get the better of her and they're hanging off the side of a building he stabs her she kisses him which is weird (laughs) And says, see you in hell, or something like that, and then falls to her death really slowly and hilariously. 
And that's the end of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in this film. <laughs> Until uh, about two weeks' time, when she will come back from the dead once again yeah. in, in the new Halloween film. So one of Jamie Lee Curtis's many deaths in the Halloween franchise. <laughs> a pretty ridiculous one. Yeah, that's your prologue, a little bit shorter than The Curse of Michael Myers. A lot more ridiculous. And uh, I thought we were at least off to a bit more of a, a bit more of a fun and fast-paced film at this point. Yeah, and then uh, just cuts to a, a school. Yeah, changes Haddonfield <laughs> University. Yeah, yeah. So we're in the broad daylight, we're in Haddonfield. We know where we are again. Yeah, uh, we're introduced to various youths um, who are going to be. Uh, it's clear this is going to be back to the kind of teen teen type film teen slasher you know lots of horny teenagers and um, Sarah is our main protagonist in this one uh, but there's a, a few other people there's a sort of a, a bad girl character called Jen I don't know if this is actually mentioned in the film but on IMDB it lists the character name as Jen Danzig <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a, an, a funny reference to Glenn Danzig we're introduced to uh, Dangertainment, which is the new um, sort of reality TV show. Mm. Very of the time. This film is so dated in 2002, it's it's unreal. In a way that, that Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, wasn't really dated. Yeah. In fact, this looks more dated than that, even though it came seven years later. This is when reality TV was really yeah. starting to boom. This is in the vein of Big Brother, isn't it? So they're mm. gonna they're gonna put people into Michael Myers, the Michael Myers house yet again. It's gonna be eight or nine horny, stupid teenagers, and they're gonna put cameras on their heads. And this is Dangertainment, and you can apply to be on this on this reality TV show. So all of these all of these youngsters have. There's lots of really funny, like nostalgic references to the technology at the time. Mm. So it's like I'm I'm gonna talk to her in the Yahoo chat room <laughs> later on. <laughs> His friend says he's cyber whipped because yeah. he's he's talking to a, to a girl online. It's just laughable <clears> now. Yeah, I think I think some of them are using like what are meant to be like Apple Macs, like the luminous coloured ones. It looks a bit like them. Mm. She's using what looks to be like a VTech My First Laptop. <laughs> uh, it's all horrifically dated. But there's the suggestion here that these these two young teenagers, this one teenager in particular, whose whose code name on the internet is Deckard. Yeah. A clear Blade Runner reference, yeah. and he's been chatting with Sarah, and then we uh, we're introduced to our sort of our one-two punch in this film of Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. <laughs> these are your big names. These are yeah, these are actually the most apart from Jamie Lee Curtis, the most well-known people in this film. Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks, a rapper and a supermodel. It takes us back to uh, previous episodes with rappers being in these bad films. We've yeah. had Ice-T. And... We've had Ice-T twice. <laughs> yeah, Ice-T twice. <laughs> um, Halloween H2O, the previous film, had LL Cool J. You look at the filmography of Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks and they're not actors and this might be the most proper and real film that they were ever in. Yeah. Imagine that. Best film they've been mm-hmm. in. It's a 4.1 on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> this is the peak. Uh, we also get in this group of youths uh, a, a, an actor which, which many people may recognise, Thomas Ian Nicholas from the American Pie films. And yes. if you spotted him here, now um, not only I is did. he an actor, he's also a musician. And I have seen his band perform live. Oh, really? Yes. They're called... The Thomas Ian Nicholas Band. <laughs> and uh, I saw them here in Bristol a couple of years ago at the Hit the Deck Festival. They were pretty pretty boring. Um, <laughs> college rock. Um, but they did play the American Pie theme and he seemed to be quite happy that that's all he was really known for. Okay. 
Little, little did I know at the time I could have heckled him for being in Halloween Resurrection, but um, no, yeah, I'm sure he doesn't get asked about that uh, much. <laughs> we get a series of audition tapes with all these all these kids giving obviously their wild audition tapes uh, relating to Michael Myers and, and all that sort of stuff. There's a kid who's like a bit of a, uh, a health fitness guy. He talks about how um, you know never trust a vegetarian. Adolf Hitler was vegetarian. <laughs> I don't know what's that got to do with it. That's really stupid. <laughs> There's like a, a, a real sort of um, moody guy with a leather jacket who talks about uh, I like Michael Myers because you know he represents the urge in all of us to just choke the shit out of that old woman in front of you in the supermarket. Oh, yeah. It's taking too long to pay for her shopping. <laughs> um, so, he, yeah, he's quite a funny character and one of the hornier characters as the film goes on as well. We get a, a, a scene here which um, introduces Buster Rhymes, or uh, Freddy, the character in this film, his love of kung fu movies. Yeah. Which you might think, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> It'll come up. Bear with us. But he's he's in his room watching uh, some good old-fashioned kung fu. <laughs> and he's interrupted by Sarah knocking on the door and she says, you know, I want to drop out. I'm not comfortable with the reality TV. He goes on to spout a load of gibberish for about a minute and a half. This is very common. I'm not sure if he was working from a script of any sort, but he just talks nonsense for about a minute and a half about how the world is afraid and, you know, we can all be afraid. And she's like, yeah, all right then, fine. <laughs> She starts having hallucinations of Michael Myers appearing in reflections of mirrors and windows and stuff like that. Just, just basically in every film. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cliche of Halloween films, of course. Uh, one of my absolute favourite things about this film was that she had like a Palm Pilot mini computer with her at all times that she could email and text oh, people. Yeah. And she had a little stylus that she'd have to take out to write on it. <laughs> now, this is kind of interesting because although it looks shit and dated this is like a handheld device in her pocket that she can like message anyone with which with a stylus which with a stylus but this is what we do now this is yeah. what people have in their pockets now and in 2002 people I didn't know anyone that had that uh, I knew people that had mobile phones but they could only text like their mates if they were in the same like street or something like that yeah. she was like she was doing stuff on the internet and stuff so I don't know if this technology like existed at this time or they were just reaching ahead a little bit she's able to take this out at any time and, and message uh, Deckard we get a scene of uh, Tyra Banks in the sort of um, mission control all the monitors are set up to see where all the all oh, the cameras yeah. are going to be there's this uh, R&B music playing yeah she's um She's instructing the cameraman where to place the camera, but gets distracted by both R and B and like a coffee with loads of cream on it. This <laughs> terrible, um, <laughs> terrible caricature of a woman. Um, <laughs> she just is distracted and starts dancing about, and as she's doing that, um, the cameraman is getting murdered clearly on screen, but she can't see it because she's she's busy. Yeah, the music here dates this film quite quite accurately as well. So shortly after this, the contestants all enter the house. They all get strapped up with their cameras and their battery packs, etc. We get some more uh, Buster Rhymes nonsense outside. He gives these little monologues every now and then where he talks about dangertainment. <laughs> it's the future of fear and, you know, all this sort of nonsense. And he, he just sounds a massive air horn and that indicates that the show, show has begun. Uh, he's constantly gurning in this film as well. He's so, like, rubber-faced... If you look at his face closely during a lot of the segments, he's doing these weird, over-the-top gurning expressions. And I, th I guess if you watch some of his like music videos, he does that a lot. He's meant to be quite cartoonish. Mm. I don't think he really should be like that in a horror film. <laughs> but yeah, he he was doing his usual kind of shtick, basically. 
they're wandering around the house, kind of exploring, finding all sorts of like creepy stuff, like, oh, there's a knife here. Do you think this is a knife he killed people with? Yeah. It's a baby chair. Do you think that's the chair he, he was in as a baby? Mm, they find some fresh food, and they're like, oh, someone's been here recently. Like, they find some fennel. Yeah. In the herbrack. <laughs> yeah. It's and... not like super fresh. <laughs> it's probably been there for years. But... And the the fitness guy, because he knows about herbs and spices, is the expert. He's like. Hey, do you want to smell some forty-year-old fennel? And she's like, "Oh, it actually, smells alright." And he's like, "It does. It smells quite fresh." Yeah. Oh, that means someone's <laughs> been here recently. It means Michael Myers has recently been cooking with fennel. Um, <laughs> How creepy! <laughs> I'm terrified now. I, I'm I, I'm can't think of anything that uses fennel off the top of my head, but <laughs> but that's what Michael Myers is doing. We even get like Judith Meyer's bedroom where she was originally murdered in the first films. This is impressive referencing to uh, to older films here, which I quite liked. Mm. At the same time that all this is going on, uh, Deckard, the young teenager, has been um, coerced to go to a, a fancy dress party. She goes to with his friend dressed as um, John Travolta and Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. from Pulp Fiction. Thank God there was no no blacking up or anything like that. It was just an afro wig. Thank heavens. He gets bored of the party and goes into uh, goes into another room, quite a swanky office where he finds a PC and he gets a live feed of it. So he starts watching that, and then one by one, different teenagers start stumbling in and go, "Hey, what are you watching? Is this the Michael Myers thing?" Oh, and then everyone st- slowly starts to get quite interested in it in, in this yeah. party. So this is our immediate audience that we're able to see react here. Lots of horny teen dialogue. Like, what time do your legs open? And... <laughs> really stupid exchanges. And that guy, I can't remember his name, but he like he's really forward with her. This is the gym guy, the music yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, the music tech guy. And then later on, she just totally sucks it all up. Like, what the hell? Like, wasn't he like, really it's off-putting funny earlier? I was like a music tech guy when I was in college, but I didn't know people like this. He was like quite sleazy. And he was like um, trying to crack onto this red-headed girl. She was like a creative writing student or something, or a literature student. And she's yeah. like, you know, if I were to have sex with a music tech guy, it would like be like being a lesbian. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't how, get that. How right? so? Uh, <laughs> make any sense? But she, yeah, like I say, she's very much not up for it, and all of a sudden she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Women. <laughs> there you go. Poor old uh, Thomas Ian Nicholas gets killed um, by Michael Myers crashing through a mirror, which I thought was quite cool. <laughs> it was quite unexpected in a way. Jim, the music guy, he finds like a weird trapdoor with a slot in it, and they remember earlier on they found uh, um, a giant medieval key, mm. which he joked was the key to her chastity belt, <laughs> which was almost funny. They decide to climb down the ladder into this sort of weird trapdoor to have sex. Because there's no cameras around, yeah, apparently. But then, <laughs> but we still see it. So. <laughs> they try to take their cameras off, but they fall in a way that totally yeah. films it all of it. Like every found footage film ever, yeah. the camera falls on the ground, but mm. luckily it's still pointing at the events, yeah. so you can still see it. So they start, they start getting down to business, making out. Um, but then all of a sudden, loads of corpses crash out of the wall and <laughs> fall on top of them. I think it looks like you get the same shot about three times yeah, in this. Like, probably. the same bit of, like, this skeleton, like, falling on top of her and her screaming. I Cuts mean, away and comes back and I swear the same thing happens again. It's such a mood killer when loads of corpses fall out of the wall onto you when, you, when, you, when you're trying to seduce a lady. I, I, I know the feeling, you know. Um, <laughs> But uh, he quickly realizes that these are fake, and it says "Made in Taiwan" on one of the uh, one of the arms there. So 
we start to get the the, uh, the feeling that this has all been constructed as most reality TV is. It's all been set up. A lot of props have been put in there. Yes, even the fennel is not real. It's been put in there, and that's that's why it was fresh and yeah. not forty years old. <laughs> the redheaded girl realizes that behind where all these corpses have come from, there's actually a hidden lair uh, under the house, and this is actually the real Michael Myers lair. And mm. um, we can tell because there's half-eaten rats yeah. and this newspaper clippings of Laurie Strode. So he, for the last at least four years, he's been in the sewers eating rats and looking at newspaper clippings. <laughs> Scene around here where there's like Michael being followed by Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh. that's quite cool actually. I was like, oh, this is cool. It initially, looks like there's a mirror or something because mm. he's moving in the same way, and then one Michael turns, looks at the other, and you're like, oh. What's going to happen here? And then you uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, Michael Myers starts talking like a rapper, um, which is hilarious. To see Buster Rhymes' voice coming out of Michael Myers' face was yeah. really funny. They're just saying, "What are you doing down here? You should be in the back. We can't have two Michaels on here." And just you know, calling him a motherfucker and just waiting for him to get stabbed, and then he doesn't. He just turns off. Yeah, weird. Weirdly, he doesn't kill Buster Rhymes, even though he's impersonating him. Just turns around and walks off. Michael Myers does go back down to his lair and discovers the redhead there, so she gets uh, skewered. All the nerdy teenagers react at the party, like, oh, yeah, that was so real-looking. Mm. And Deckard is like, no, it is real. And they're like, oh, come on, it's not real. It's reality TV, you know. Yeah. Which is kind of, a even in 2002, quite a quite a nice commentary on reality TV and how fake it is and how shit it is. You know, yeah. nothing happens is real. So to the point where people can be murdered but no one would believe it because no. it's reality TV. I thought <laughs> that was um, quite knowing of the of the writer here. I quite like that. Yeah, Jen, Jen Danzig herself um, gets decapitated by uh, by Michael Myers and it's at this time that they um, all the kids realise that this is all faked, basically. Because uh, yeah. they, they find Buster Rhymes dressed as Michael Myers and they're like... It was you all along, and none of this is real. Oh, but then real Michael Myers decapitates Jen, and I guess that can't be faked. So, mm. uh, and all the bodies start popping out. So, like, no, this is actually real. Uh, all hell breaks loose at this point. They realise it's a real Michael Myers, and the the fitness kid has some a quite a funny scene here when he tries to fight Michael Myers with with a pair of kitchen knives. <laughs> he starts giving him nutrition advice, telling him he should cut down on his protein or maybe increase his protein, something about protein. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you into sushi, all this bollocks, and obviously he gets, and gets, murdered. gets stabbed up. Really funny bit where the, the lead lead character, Sarah, here is like screaming her head off and all the teenagers watching at the party say, she's such a talented actress. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was the only time that, that, that this girl was going to get that kind of... Uh, that kind of review again it's quite tongue in cheek you can't hate this film too much no. it, is, it is pretty tongue in cheek Deckard is, is furiously um, emailing her mm. uh, or maybe yahoo yahooing her yahoo chatting her to her palm pilot from the PC and I, I thought this was really quite a clever bit yeah. because she was stuck in the house not knowing what's going on and he can see mm. all of the house on his computer he mm. was able to email her instructions where he was yeah, yeah. so Michael, My- Michael Michael is upstairs don't go up there okay go out the window okay it's kind of cool it reminded me of like um, the kids show Nightmare where kids would have to put on a massive helmet and the other kids would have to tell them which direction to go in yeah and it reminded me of that so and again we get this instant messaging technology which mm-hmm. seemed like seemed like the future in 2002 like what you're telling me one day like I'll be able to take something out of my pocket and someone will have sent me like a message but yeah he's able to direct a 
up to the roof <laughs> using the Palm Pilot, which perhaps not the best idea. We end up on the roof again, just like the uh, the opening with, with Jamie Lee Curtis. But then we get the uh, the infamous Buster Rhymes versus Michael Myers <laughs> fight sequence. Which it kicks him in the head. <laughs> it's, it's short, but iconic. Yeah. Because this is where you get Buster Rhymes channeling his kung fu knowledge and doing these karate kicks. <laughs> because as we all know, rappers love kung fu. Yeah. If there's anything they love, they and they know how to do kung fu. So Buster Rhymes is able to to kick him in the head a few times and to do some like Jackie Chan moves. And then kicks him out the window. Yeah. <laughs> kicks him right out the window. <laughs> Sarah finds herself in the sort of control centre where uh, where Tyra Banks was earlier. I've got no idea what happened to <laughs> okay. Tyra Banks. Uh, I assume she's dead. But um, she's not in the control centre anymore. So Sarah is able to go in there. But then Michael Myers comes in there, picks up a chainsaw from the corner and starts um, trying to kill him with that. Oh, yeah, and then it stops <laughs> working. So she throws the chainsaw at him <laughs> instead, which is great. She, I love this bit, she um, fell over and couldn't get back up again because she was trapped under a tiny little soundboard with some wires coming out of it. It's like, no! (laughs) I can't move! Get this off my ankle! (laughs) It's it's not like a girder or something typical. It was like literally a piece of recording equipment about the size of an iPad. (laughs) It was falling on her leg. Ludicrous. Buster Rhymes comes in again and he's able to... um, to attack Michael Myers, he, uh, he electrocutes his balls for some reason. <laughs> sets fire to the place somehow, and uh, he gets a great uh, a great one liner here. Did you get this? Trick or treat, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So there you go. Michael Myers is killed by technology as he's sort of Jesus Christ pose amongst all of these cables and internet wires and stuff like that. He's yeah. uh, he's burning to death, and that's. Uh, that's the end of Michael Myers. Buster Rhymes gets one more sort of nonsense monologue at the end when the reporters are trying to interview him. Uh, and he ends up sort of attacking a reporter and like crushing his camera. <laughs> and what's going on here? And then uh, Michael Myers is put in the ambulance, taken to the morgue. They say, We've got a celebrity here, Michael Myers. <laughs> this kind of calls back to the second film again. And uh, she opens it up and he's all melted. And of course, he opens his eyes. End of the film. So Michael Myers will come back, except mm. he didn't, because that was the end of this timeline. So <laughs> he wouldn't be seen again until uh, until uh, Rob Zombie re- re- rebooted him. So this is the end of the uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis timeline. This is the last time we would see Michael Myers in this particular universe. Mm-hmm. What were your overall thoughts on Halloween Resurrection? Mark? I quite enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> I kind I knew it was meant to be tongue in cheek, but obviously sort of set out to make it. It was borderline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of, uh, yeah, thought that they uh, wanted to have a bit more fun with it, I think. I hope that was the intention. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But I certainly found it funny. Um, I quite like the whole um, bunch of young people in a deathy house. Kind of reminded me of something like Saw 2 or something. Yeah. Um, Except Saw 2 is quite a decent film. (laughs) (laughs) Or like House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. Where people have to stay the night in a in a haunted mansion or something, yeah, and then they'll something. get the money if they survive the night. It's been done like that, yeah, but yeah. it's a good it's a good cons- Those it's a good kind premise, of films. isn't it? Yeah. And there were like slow parts where they're just walking before anyone gets murdered, where they're just walking around the house like for ages and just trying um, to have sex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't scary at any point. There were <laughs> no. there were just some fun parts, some funny yeah. parts, and things. 
It was more of a cheesy slasher, which yeah. uh, by this point I think it's fine. Really, I quite enjoyed parts of it, but it was obviously terrible. But yeah. I enjoyed it for being terrible, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. It's a, it a fun film, and uh, I, I like the reality TV concept. It was, it was pretty current at the time, two thousand and two. It was a new emerging sort of form of entertainment. Also, kind of as well as Big Brother, it remind, reminded me of an old show called Scare Tactics. Where they would pull, it was like a bit like punked. They would pull like pranks on people, where people, supposedly real people, would be in a cabin, and then a murderer would start tapping at the window, and it would get their reactions. So it reminded me of that kind of MTV generation of reality TV, that scare people, fear factor, those kind of shows, like yeah. supposed real people being really terrified, was was quite popular during this sort of time, and I like that. I also appreciated how. They didn't try and shoehorn in any any uh, family links or anything like that. No. N- nobody was related to Michael Myers apart from Jamie Lee Curtis, yeah, who, who was dispatched early on. It was just a very <clears throat> simple plot. They've just gone yeah. in there to have a look around a house and Def- end up by comparison to, to Curse of Michael Myers it's, it's refreshingly simple yeah. it's lots of horny teenagers in a house getting murdered for reality TV purposes and that kind of works as a simple a simple fun like daft film it's really daft it's really stupid but if you had to spend Halloween night with uh, the Curse of Michael Myers or Halloween <laughs> Resurrection which would you rather uh, spend the night with and which would you maybe uh, recommend our, our listeners uh, watch on Halloween I would go for. I think Resurrection is the better bad film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just found it like more enjoyable. Curse of Michael Myers. There were points where I was sort of trying not to drift off. <laughs> yeah. Was... I was trying to stay focused on what was going on and trying to make notes. <laughs> Whereas uh, Resurrection, I actually enjoyed for being so stupid and funny and stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree for sure. You know, both bad films, but you you got it right. You know, Curse of Michael Myers is pretty boring. Mm. It's either pretty boring or just makes no sense. Either yeah. way, it's it's you're not gonna have you're not gonna have too much fun, are you? So, uh, yeah, Halloween Resurrection is is really dumb as fuck. Um, teenage kind of slasher. A lot of great great slasher films are like that. So it's it's quite mm. traditional in that sense. It's just like your cheesy eighties. Yeah, it, would, it probably would have gone over better if it had come out in the 80s. You know, this isn't a great film, but it is It is fun. And yeah, you get to see Buster Rhymes, uh, Karate Kick, Michael Myers. The better bad movie that we would recommend for you guys. So when I uh, I put the poll out, as I said, um, for this show to ask you guys which, uh, which films we should review out of the Halloween franchise. We did get uh, a bit of feedback. Uh, so on Instagram, uh, a person called 148... Um, for Resurrection as the worst Halloween film which obviously we've established and possibly Halloween 5 he said as well is, is, is a pretty crappy one so that, uh, on Twitter as well uh, at Schlock Tactics we put a, a poll up there and we had uh, quite a few people voting on that one Kaiju Ren uh, voted for Cursor Michael Myers so he, he got where he wanted mm-hmm. uh, he said he'd watch the theatrical producer's cut and unrated versions he's uh. watched three different versions of this movie wow uh, respect to you Kaiju Ren um he said the unrated version was the least worst since it had most gore. So even more gore than we saw in the theatrical cut, apparently. <laughs> and he said the producer's cut is the worst version. So that's uh, uh, The Swear Wolves, which is a great name. A great, <laughs> great reference to uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, he said Curse and Resurrection are by far the worst too. And they said they actually kind of liked Rob Zombie's Halloween. Although Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 was a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. 
Fair, fair comments there. Um, we actually had a few people weighed in for um, uh, for and against Rob Zombie's Halloween. Very um, divisive that film. It, it is, yeah, it really is. Scary Sarah Samedi said she voted for Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, she loves it because she's a huge Rob Zombie fan. But to be honest, it's not that good. So she has mixed feelings herself. <laughs> I say so I share that. You know, there's some good bits, some bad bits. I kind of view the Rob Zombie films really as being quite separate from the rest of the franchise. They just a lot of the time they don't feel like Halloween films. Some totally are, different style. For quite a lot of the second one, he's not even wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just a beardy guy. Like a lot, you know. And in the first, in that Rob Zombie's Halloween remake, he like wears different types of masks. It just doesn't feel like the classic Halloween sort of franchise to me. And I wouldn't say it's the worst of them either. I think we have reviewed the worst. Mm. Um, so yeah, thanks for for getting involved, guys. And you can always give us feedback on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Schlock Tactics. Uh, let us know what you uh, thought of the films we've reviewed. Let us know yeah, any questions or if you'd like to suggest films for us to review in the future, you can always do that and we will read it out on the show, we promise. Um, so, recommendations. Of course, we're going to stick to the Halloween franchise in, in this one. <laughs> if you haven't seen John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978, I don't know how... What are you doing? How you've got through life, <laughs> how you found our show. It's To me, it's the greatest horror movie ever made, so easily the best in this in this series as well. Go and check that one out. Halloween 2, really, really good. Really intense, kind of more violent film. Halloween 3, really, really good. Doesn't feature Michael Myers, but does have a great concept where... Uh, uh, these toy masks that children can buy end up sort of possessing them and, and spreading a sort of a, a panic. Four and five we've mentioned here earlier on. They're, they're pretty in the middle, really. Some good bits, some bad bits. Halloween H2O, in between the two films we've reviewed, I would say is, is a pretty good film. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it, LL Cool J in it, you know, <laughs> mixed bag. Um, but I like Halloween H2O a lot. I think it's really good. And if, if they'd have ended it with that one, I, I would have been quite happy the Rob Zombie films we've we've just mentioned so that leads us to 2018 and we are right uh, right on the verge of a brand new Halloween film coming out mm. um, any thoughts on that Mark are you excited to see that are you going to go and see that uh, yeah I think I will yeah, yeah I've, I've heard good things about it it's getting, yeah. the reviews are out already aren't they so. I mean it's got very strong reviews certainly compared to the last well eight or nine Halloween films yeah. <laughs> basically it, 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 it reviews say it's the best sort of sequel since the original it's the, the best film since the original which uh, is high praise I'm gonna I'm gonna keep myself um, expectations low on this one I mean they've left it alone for uh, nine years and the last film was Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 mm. which is an incredibly low bar <laughs> I, I'm, I'm expecting it to be better than that <laughs> I, I, I pray I pray that it's better than that and um, yeah, we'll definitely let you guys know what we think of of the new Halloween 2018 when we're able to to see that. So yeah, that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics, the Halloween special. Subscribe to the podcast. We release uh, two a month usually. This month only one because uh, I'm going to Turkey on a top secret mission. I'm going to do uh, research on uh, Turkish Star Wars and Turkish Rambo, uh, <laughs> which we're going to review later in the year. So I'm going to do do some top top secret um, investigation into into Turkey for that reason <laughs> um, but this is the, the Halloween special for October so uh, please subscribe and you'll you'll be the first to hear about any new episodes we release um, we are actually planning to start a YouTube channel soon uh, so you'll soon be able to listen to these uh, these episodes on there and uh, we're even going to do some sort of bonus content exclusive for YouTube as well so we'll let you know as soon as that's live and you can subscribe on there as well give us a 5 star rating in iTunes if you wouldn't mind we are 5 star rated and we want you to help us uh, to keep that going but that has been another episode of Schlock Tactics 
Uh, we wish you all a very happy Halloween. Uh, my name has been Ash, and I've been joined by Mark. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.